I welcome you to Herald Broadcasting Network's Bible Banquet, our audio devotional running on the book of 1 Corinthians currently. Today, by the grace of God, we are reading 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Let's read together. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I will not have you ignorant. You know that ye we are Gentiles carried away unto these dumb idols, even as you were led. Wherefore I give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calleth Jesus a cost, that no man can say that Jesus is the Lord, but by the Holy Ghost. Now there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences in administration, but the same Spirit. And there are diversities of operations, but it is the same Spirit, uh, God, which worketh all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit without. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another the gift of healing by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another diverse kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But all these worked that one and the same self-spirit dividing to every man severally as he will. For as the body is one and had many members, and all the members that of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. For by one spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we are we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink unto one spirit. For the body is not one member, but many. If the foolish shall say, Because I am not the hand, I am not of the body, it is therefore not of the body. And if the ear shall say, Because I am not the eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where were uh, the smelling? But now, had God set the members, every one of them, in the body, as it had pleased him? And if they were all one member, where were the body? But now are they many members, yet but one body? And the eye cannot say unto the hands, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet. I have no need of you. Therefore, uh, Paul goes on to say, Nay, much more, those members of the body 
which seem to be more feeble, are necessary. And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, upon these we bestow more abundant honor and our uncomely past have more abundant comeliness. For our comely past have no need but God had tempered the body together, having given more abundant honor to the part which lacked. That there shall should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care one for another. And whether one member suffer, all the members suffer with it, one or one member be honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now ye are the body of Christ, and members in particular. God has set some in the church, first apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healing, helps, government, diversities of tongue, are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, are all wonders, workers of miracles, have all the gifts of healing, do all speak with tongues, do all interpret, but covet earnestly the best gifts, and ye yet show I unto you a more excellent way. May the Lord give us understanding to this reading as we pray in Jesus' name. Now, of all that we have read from this scripture, this is a summary. Paul talks about the variety of use of spiritual gifts. You know, here in verses 1 to 11, in the human body, every member has its place and use. That's what it says in verses 12 to 26. This is applied to the church of Christ. Here he presents in verses 27 to 30. Then finally, he said there is something more excellent than spiritual gifts, and that he says in verse 31. Now here are some beautiful lessons we may draw from this reading. Paul is here saying that spiritual gifts were extraordinary power bestowed right from the first ages of Christian history to convince unbelievers and to spread the gospel. Gifts and graces greatly differ. Both were freely given of God. But where grace is given, it is for the salvation of those who have it. Gifts are for the advantage and salvation of others. There may be great gifts where there is no grace. The extraordinary gifts of the Holy Spirit we are chiefly exercised in the public assemblies where the Corinthians seem to have made displays of them wanting in the spiritual piety and of spiritual uh, Christian love. While heathens, they had not been inflamed by the Holy Spirit of Christ. No man can call Christ Lord with believing dependence upon him Unless that faith is wrought by the Holy Ghost, no man could believe with his heart 
or proved by me a miracle that Jesus was Christ unless by the Holy Ghost. There are various gifts and various offices to perform, but all proceed from one God, one Lord, one Spirit, that is from the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, the origin of all spiritual blessings. No man has them merely for himself. The more he profits others, the more will they turn to his own account. The gifts mentioned here by Paul appear to mean exact understanding and uttering of doctrines of the Christian religion, the knowledge of mysteries, and skill to give advice and counsel. Also, the gift of healing the sick, the working of miracles, and to explain scripture by a peculiar gift of the Spirit, the ability to speak and interpret languages. If we have any knowledge of the truth or any power to make it known, we must give all the glory to God. The greater the gifts are, the more the possessor is exposed to temptations and the larger is the measure of grace needed to keep him humble and spiritual. He will meet with more painful experiences and humbling dispensations. We have little cause to give in any gifts bestowed on us or to despise those who have them not. Christ and his church form one body. As they are members, Christians become members of this body by baptism. The outward right is of divine institution. It's a sign of the new birth and is called, therefore, the washing of regeneration. Titus 3.5 But it is by the Spirit, only by the renewing of the Holy Ghost, that we are made members of Christ's body. By communion with Christ at the Lord's Supper, we are strengthened not by drinking the wine, but by drinking the wine of the Spirit, drinking the Holy Ghost. Each member has its forms, place, and use. The meanness makes a part of the body. There must be a distinction of members in the body. So Christ's members have different powers and different places. We should do the duties of our own place and not murmur or quarrel with others. All the members of the body are useful and necessary to each other. Nor is he a member of the body of Christ, but may and ought to be useful to fellow members. As in the natural body of a man, the members should be closely united by the strongest bonds of love. The good of the whole should be the object of everyone. All Christians are dependent one upon another. Each is to expect and to receive help from the rest. Let us then have more of the spirit of union in our religion and the way we practice our faith. Content, hatred, envy, and strife are very unnatural in Christians. It is like the members of the same body 
being without concern for one another or quarreling with each other. The proud, contentious spirit that prevailed as to the spiritual gifts in the Corinthian church was thus uh, condemned and condemned here by Paul. The offices and gifts of favor dispensed by the Holy Ghost are noticed. Chief ministers are chief ministers, persons enabled to interpret scripture, those who labored in word and doctrine, those who are power, who had power to heal diseases, such as served the sick and the weak, such as disposed of the money given in charity by the church and managed the affairs of the church, such as could speak diverse tongues. What holds the last and lowest rank is in this list is the power to speak in languages. How then, if a man does so merely to amuse or to exalt himself, see the distribution of these gifts, not to everyone alike. That's what we see in verses 29 to 30. The gifts we are not to make the church all one, as if the body were all ear or all eye. What Paul is emphasizing here is unity in diversity. Unity in diversity. The Spirit distributes to everyone as He wills. We must be content though we are lower and less than others. We must not despise others. If we have greater gifts, you know, we should not despise others. How blessed would the Christian church be if all the members did their duty instead of coveting the highest stations or the most splendid gifts? Let us leave the appointment of his instruments to God and those in whom he works by his providence. Remember those who will not be approved hereafter who seek the cheap places for those who are most faithful to the trust placed in them and most diligent in their master's work. I know we have drawn so many lessons this morning and therefore, I pray that God will bestow upon, upon all the spirit of humility and contentment so that we may see others as better than ourselves. And as we strive to give our best to the Master, I pray that the Lord will indeed accept our services and honor us in every way that there is need. Bless us in return for our worship. And as we go out today, I pray the grace of God will abound mightily upon us, that anyone we meet along the, our way today shall give us favor. Everything we ask of the Lord we shall receive. Every door we knock shall be opened. Everything we seek that is good according to God's will, I pray that we will receive. May the Lord go with us. I pray, child of God, go in the strength of the Holy Ghost, and it shall be well with you in Jesus' name. Amen.